coming up on this week's episode. That over the years, there's trauma, there's stress, there's anxiety, and then there's all the stuff that comes in from the work world, family life, everything that you know it literally clogs their channels, which means people don't, you know, they start to lose trust in what they decide and what they do, mm-hmm. what actions they take. And you know, a big part of my work is like literally hand holding people through their spiritual awakening and helping them reconnect to their intuition, which is their higher self, which is their highest sense of knowing without fully being connected to spirit. So it's almost like the first step. And it is so powerful because a lot of leaders are very intuitive, you know, but they've developed that sense by making decisions and taking action and trusting it. But the people who don't trust their intuition don't take the action. So therefore they don't see the benefits of the Mm. guidance. You know, they stay where they are or they go backwards. Wow, do we have an exciting episode for this week. I just got done listening to it and I I'm excited for you guys, honestly for the listeners because there are some major nuggets of information that you are going to want to get out a notebook and write some stuff down. This podcast is juicy. It's it's good. It's really, really good. And that's me trying to be as unbiased as possible. Um, If you guys are new here, welcome. My name is Brie. If I'm the host of this podcast, let's get into it. If you're not new here, and this is maybe you're you're coming back for the seventh, eighth, tenth, hundredth time, welcome. I'm so grateful for everyone who listens to this podcast. And today's guest is Louise Jones, and I was actually connected to her through one of my good friends and clients, Jessica Roth, who owns the Boutique Sequence and Sass. And um, she asked me to pop in. She was like, hey, like my friend's doing this Facebook Live. Do you want to do you want to join? And it happened to be Louise's Facebook Live. And I talk about this towards the end of the episode, but anyone who does Facebook Lives and does them well, always leaves an impression with me. And Louise did such a great job on this Facebook Live. She was doing like a medium channel situation. (laughs) And I was like just blown away by her. And I decided to reach out and see if she wanted to jump on the podcast. And it turns out we have a lot in common where we both worked corporate jobs and decided to leave them to pursue um, our own businesses. And so we talk a lot about, about that experience and leaving, you know, that's quote unquote stability and safety of a traditional nine to five corporate job and then transitioning into our own businesses and the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and what that transition was really like. And so I think if you are someone who, is maybe in the, the process of thinking about leaving their own job, leaving their job and starting their own business, or if maybe you're already in your own business and you still are carrying a lot of like shame and guilt around a corporate position, which I know I was. This podcast is definitely going to help clear all of that out for you. Louise is actually hosting a five day meditation 
program in a Facebook group starting on Monday. Um, I will include all of the links down below so you can sign up. I will be there and I'm super, super excited about it. So yeah, definitely go and check out the episode description so you can find the link. And I hope that you guys enjoy this episode as much as I loved having this conversation with Louise and listening to it again to this evening. And yeah, I will see you next week. All right. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. All right. Hi, Louise. How are you? Hi, Bray. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's actually like, I don't, I know where, where in Europe are you? So I'm in Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK. So we've got, okay. we're about eight hours apart today. Mm. What's the weather like there? Is it it's cold? Terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no! Um, it's, it's really freezing. So I have a blanket on me, and you're probably enjoying some sunshine. I am. It's like I think it's supposed to be like 80 degrees here today, um, which is which is warm. <laughs> so, um, so how would you ex- describe or explain what you do? Because I feel like I. I've jumped on some of your lives and I feel like you have such a talent and such a gift, but I'm like, I wouldn't know how to like explain this to someone. So explain to us what it is that you, what, what it is that you do. So I suppose an overall term would be I'm a psychic medium. So I guide people forward, particularly entrepreneurs. But in addition to that, I also help clear and open their channels to their own intuition and their own psychic gifts as well, because we all have the ability inside us to, you know, receive divine downloads and to actually have conversations with the universe or God or spirit or whoever we believe in. I love that. I love that. And I think one of the things that like I really connected with you when I was watching your lives was like you had recently just left your corporate job to really dive into the spiritual work that you're doing now. So what was that? Was there a moment where you were just like, this is it? Like I need to leave. Yeah, so unfortunately, there's not just one sentence for this answer. I had, <laughs> I had, I'll give you the short version. So I had set my business up probably last May. And at some point on my journey, I was advised by an amazing Australian coach, Katrina Ruth, to set an end date to make the jump from the corporate world into, you know, full-time self-employment. And I remember deciding it was going to be December except December came and went and nothing happened because I had kind of forgotten. So what happened was Spirit sent sent my energy healer at the time, Sarah, back to remind me. And she called me out on it at the start of February. And she just said, look, you're actually now forgoing your alignment and your happiness for money. And, you know, you're trading your time for money and you're basically capping everything that you do because you're not fully stepping into your potential. So I literally got whacked in the face and reminded that Mm. this was not where I was supposed to be. So yeah, it was pretty, it was almost like somebody threw a bucket of cold water over my head and slapped me. (laughs) Right. It's always so funny. And I think it's so great that you had people to kind of push you in that direction. Cause I feel like uh, with my experience leaving corporate, it was more, it was, the more the you I mean obviously it's always the universe pushing um but I ended up getting really sick and that was kind of my 
moment of like, okay, your body is now like burning out. <laughs> like if you're not going to listen, like the universe will always, I think, come back and kind of hit you a little bit harder just to like give you that nudge. Yeah. You'll always be reminded. And the thing is, if you're not on your soul path, which you probably weren't in your corporate job, just like me, you know, we're very, very good at it. And we were there at the right time. But whenever your time's up there, you kind of get reminded to get back on your soul purpose. And what happens is your spiritual team in the universe do send these like these messengers in to remind us. So the fact that you hit burnout, I'm guessing you probably ignored signals along the way. Totally. I was experiencing extreme anxiety. Um, like it was hands down one some of the worst experiences that I had with anxiety at that time. Um, and I think that was also just kind of my soul and my, like just being completely disconnected from myself at that time. Um, so yeah, there is definitely like, obviously now looking back, like you can always see things 2020 when we look back, right? Like I can see <laughs> everything in perspective where I was like, how did I not, why did I think that was okay? Or like, why did I keep pushing when like I could, I knew deep down, like there was a voice inside that was like, no, like stop trying, stop doing all of this stuff. So definitely. Yeah, so I think whenever we're in that hustle and we're in the anxiety, we're very much in our masculine energy. And I'd ran at that level for four years where I worked, you know, I left the house at 7.30am. I traveled a five hour commute. So it was about two and a half hours each way. And I did a, a really like strong position in between. So, you know, the hours that I worked and just being on that, that wheel, that hamster wheel constantly was really, really tough. And, you know, as a single mom as well, coming home every night, trying to like, do the bedtime routine, get my little boy to bed, get him up again at 5.30 the next day. I lived and breathed what you're talking about, that anxiety for a long time. And mm -hmm. I kept myself there for money, uh, for love of the people that I worked with, you know, for respect for my employers as well. I had a really good relationship with the last two companies I worked for. But I also knew deep inside of me that there was a much bigger desire to really help people and to, to do something that wasn't just about money. And I think that's so important that, when you get that urge and you get that fire in your belly that you have to actually act on it because whenever we don't listen, that's whenever our body starts to react and give us physical symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, the, the waking up super early, I, I, you know, I was just in a clubhouse room, um, last night and there was men and women, but mostly women, every single woman in that room who had a corporate job said that the stress and the anxiety began to impact them physically. And at that point, that's when they were like, there needs to be some type of intervention. So I think it's really, I don't, I picked up on that pattern and I really want to kind of explore that more because I think that's, there's something there where I, I really just don't think that humans in general are supposed to wake up at 5 a.m., go sit at a desk all day, like have an hour lunch break. Like it just, it's so uh, like regimented to the point where I'm like, there's no flexibility. There's no sense of freedom and in, in what you're doing. And I get it. Some people really do love their corporate jobs. It sounds like you, you know, you, you did love who you were working with. Um, but after a certain point, yeah, it just like the physical symptoms of it, when they really start to impact you, I think that's when that was my wake up call. I, I think everyone's is a little different. 
Yeah, it's the physical symptoms. And as you said, it's really regimented. You know, there's no flexibility. There's no freedom. There's no space in your diet for exercise, which is really important to me. And for me, it was more impacting my relationship with my son, who's now eight, because he was only four whenever I went and took, you know, a more strenuous, stressful position, which as much as I thoroughly enjoyed it, I had a lot of mummy guilt, you know, and mm-hmm. this may have come up in the clubhouse room as well, where women are expected to spin 10 plates. And I certainly, I wore that badge with pride. You know, I'm a single mom. I, I own a beautiful detached home, da, da, da. So therefore I should work and I have to do this. But the reality now is so different. We're actually, you know, Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, you do not have to do it in that way. You get mm-hmm. to you get to have a sleep in, you get to eat good food and not rush it. You get to spend time with your kids. You get to exercise, you know, two or three times a day now. But for a long time, I was stuck in the story and stuck in the belief. And I think as women, do we hold ourselves in the belief or do we think that society has put the belief on us? Oh, that's a great question. I, if my answer is I think it's always the story we create for ourselves. I think society definitely can put the what's the word I'm looking for, like, can put that belief in us, but I think we're the ones that hold it. Like, we can either reject it or accept it. Um, And I think, I mean, I'm not a mom, so when I was, like, doing all of my corporate job, I was single, like, in my early 20s. Like, I had, you know, the time and the energy to, like, basically be a workaholic. And I, I honestly, I think single moms are incredible because it is a lot of work where it's like, you're not just being a mom is a 24 seven job. So you don't get a day off. You don't, you probably don't go an hour without thinking about your kids and what they're doing or if they're eating or exercising or how they're, they are at school. So I definitely, you know, respect and honor that. And I just, I have a little bit of a, a, a different direction there where I was just, I was working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. basically five days a week. I was coming, I was working on the weekends too. So it just, yeah, it just completely burnt me out. Yeah. And I think as humans, we keep going, you know, regardless if we're men or women, we keep going until somebody tells us that it's okay not to, you know, so whether it's a boss or a peer who says, look, you've done enough for the day. It's almost like we seek their validation and permission. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, we're actually giving our power away, which is so important because a lot of what my journey has been about is actually taking my power back, taking my power back from, from men, from people who have a job title that is more superior or who possibly or possibly not earn more money. And I think that's where we have to kind of say, okay, stop. Let's, you know, let's rewrite the story. Let's, let's change it. Yeah, absolutely. So what has the transition been like? And Because I know for me it was a little difficult, like going from having such a regimented schedule or a routine to now you basically have the lay of the land. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, so the first, when did I finish? The 17th of February. The first couple of weeks were a little bit scatty and unorganized because we've been in lockdown, so I was still homeschooling. Mm. So there was really no routine except we're still going to do homeschool in the mornings. And then I had client calls. So my clients are all over the world. So I fit in the time zones, you know, like the afternoon and the evenings. So what I decided was I would take the mornings off until about midday, one o'clock. 
and that was fine but my masculine brain and my energy was still in the corporate world so what happened was you know I started to see things on Clubhouse and LinkedIn and I started to see opportunities for my business so I then wanted to dive into action and I've actually had to really stop myself because that wasn't the reason I left that job the reason I left was to get freedom and to run at a much more normal rate and to actually be just so aligned in my business so I've had to really put the brakes on things so that I'm not just leaping into action and trying to serve everybody but actually to go deeper within my own customer base so yeah I've had to really calm myself down I got a little a little too excited in the first couple of weeks oh my gosh I so resonate with that because I feel like my my business I was telling you before we started recording like Mondays and Tuesdays are so um busy for me with with client stuff that I get like yeah I get that burst of like masculine energy and I'm like I gotta go go and do and do and I'm like I'm very much when it comes to like energy in my business I'm a sprinter like I want to take off like as fast as I can (laughs) and I realize I'm like oh no this is a marathon like I have four more days of the week that I have to like sustain my energy so that's where I think it's like a constant ebb and uh, ebb and flow um of like letting go of like some of those old patterns that I think if you've worked in the corporate world for a really long time like almost feel ingrained in you again I think it goes back to your thing of it's a story that you've told yourself um so I I constantly catch myself having to be like no like just chill out for a sec (laughs) like you don't have to do everything all at once yeah and that's it you have to you have to obviously pace yourself but then on the other hand you're also juggling the finances of the business so you've got your your cash flow and your you know you're chatting to your clients but yet you want to create new sales and bring in new business so all of a sudden you're wearing all these different hats which is so different because in the corporate world as you know you have your monthly well in the UK anyway you have your monthly salary coming in and you get all your benefits and whatever So it's totally different because while we're trying to balance our energy and what we actually go off and get sidetracked with, then we also have the responsibility of bringing the money in to pay for everything in the business and grow the business at the same time and think about hiring people. (laughs) And it's like, oh my goodness, all of a sudden I'm an entrepreneur. And, you know, that, that in itself is really scary because you could sit there and say, well, what did I do today? Or you could actually just get on with it and plan and do what you know to do and just focus on your goals and keep going. Yeah. And I'm so glad I think too with, um, that I, one of the things I noticed about spiritual entrepreneurs and this is like, I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone or any like (laughs) niche, but I think a lot of them miss the mark with the financial stuff. It's like, I see, I'm like, you're so talented, you're so gifted, but then they just completely miss the mark with, with money. Um, and yeah, it's so important to understand, I think, like where, when money's coming in and where it's going, because I know for myself, like I just looked at my expenses and I'm like, okay, like that $6 app that I'm paying for every month, like that adds up at the end of the year, right? So it's like, do I really need that app or that service or that platform if I'm not using it? Like, so there's just little things like that. I think that sometimes we, we miss um, because we are wearing so many hats. Yeah. So I've kind of, what I've done whenever I started my business was I didn't have a website. Please, please don't cry at this. I have no website. I have no mailing <laughs> list. Well, I do have a mailing list actually. I think I have 20 people on it. So 
all my business has been social media based. So my outgoings are absolutely minimal. So at the minute, my profit margin, as you can imagine, is absolutely humongous. Right. But for a lot of people, they don't know what that looks like. And because I've been in and around business for years, you know, my family are in business. My twin has been an entrepreneur for years. And, you know, we have all sorts of conversations and I can manage money. I can manage the money in and out. And, you know, I do give myself money goals. And I totally understand what you mean about spiritual entrepreneurs but there's also this thing in the entrepreneurial world whenever it's a spirit-based business that you should not earn money or you have no right to earn money or how can it make you money or maybe you're charging too much for your services so I've had to really hold the belief that you know I I paid to get my training I paid and invested in myself last year and over the last five or six years so therefore I have a right to charge clients for my services and this is so important because Sometimes people just don't feel worthy of charging the price points that are actually in full alignment with where they're going in life. Oh, completely. Yeah, I think one, always, I think spiritual people, businesses should be paid. Like, if you have a gift, you have to, I mean, the same goes for just any business in general. Like, the majority of my clients pay me for Pinterest services, right? And Mm -hmm. people think like, oh, it's so easy. And I'm like, yeah, but it it has taken me four years (laughs) to learn how to do something in two hours. You know, like it it has been like you're you're constantly honing your craft. So I think the same goes for spiritual businesses. It's like you don't wake up and one day you're psychic. Like there are trainings, there are investments that go along with that, that people just don't, they're just not mindful of it, I think. Yeah, there's that. And then if, if somebody comes in for a reading or somebody comes in for like a business say a session or an activation or whatever, there's the preparation time before you actually connect with them because usually that starts about an hour beforehand. So mm-hmm. I will have a rough idea of what's actually going to happen in a reading because my energy is already starting to connect with theirs and I'm receiving messages. So you're, you're kind of holding space for them before the call. You're holding space for them and guiding them during the call. And then afterwards, and then any follow-up conversations as well. So all of a sudden, you know, a 60-minute session becomes 188 minutes. And, you know, you have got your investment of your training, et cetera, in that. So they're not just paying for your knowledge. They're paying for your time, your energy, your space, and then your continued information that you pass on after the call. And this is where sometimes we have to be really firm and actually put the boundaries in and say, would you like another session? Mm, yeah because oh I'm sure people take advantage of that too like if they've already done a session with you and then they just keep asking more and more questions (laughs) yeah you learn to be really firm which is good but even that was difficult like that was so different you know in the corporate world where if somebody says to you could you do this for me your answer is immediately well yes of course I can do that when would you like it? Usually it's today. So you cram it in. Like you said, you work the extra hours. But whenever it's your own business, as you know, you've got, you've got to have those boundaries in place or people will take advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, um, I just had that experience with a client. She paid for um, like an audit on her Pinterest account and she came back and she asked me like, 30 minutes worth of questions and I kind of, I, I, I felt bad. And this is something I'm really working on of like, being like what you're saying, being really firm and being like, do you want another session? Um, Because yeah, I was like, I've already done my time. Like you've already paid me for my time. (laughs) Like, I don't need, I don't owe you another 30 minutes of my time to ask me these questions. 
Yeah, and it's so easy to get caught in that trap. You know, my inbox goes constantly. It goes every evening, it goes all weekend. And I'm very open about inviting people into my inbox. But the minute they're looking for something where there should be an energy exchange, then mm. I just, I articulate that to them because you do have, like, even now they're showing me like a, a fence and it's almost like we have to mark out where our territory is and where our boundaries are and just make it really plain to people. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know how this works energetically because I know you were saying like before you do a session, like you kind of start connecting with the person's energy. So after a session, like how do you disconnect from them? Do you do like any rituals or anything like that? So usually I have sage or palisanto or something beside me or even just... It's almost like we call it grinding. So grinding is you basically disconnect from their energy. So before I could even protect myself, I have to make sure there's no energetic ties because sometimes energy can linger. And I find it really good to actually have something to eat. So either eating something, drinking water, going for a walk outside, even just standing outside if it's bad weather is really good because it's almost like we just use the elements just to get rid of any energy. And it's such a strange concept for me still to even think about it because it's not something I was used to. You know, you think about, so this is going to take us into the corporate world, which is really interesting, but you think about a boardroom meeting where you could have 12 people in it, particularly if it was men, the energy was always very strong. And I used to have back-to-back meetings all day with different people from different companies. And if you think about the energy that would have been mixed in those conversations and meetings, it's no wonder we felt exhausted, depleted, you know, sometimes frustrated. We pick up, you pick up on everybody's emotions in the room. Oh my, oh my gosh, you're like bringing me back. I'm having like PTSD <laughs> um, of those boardroom meetings because that was like part of my job too is um, is sitting in those meetings and going over numbers and like you are sitting, especially when you're sitting in a room full of men. Um, and I was the youngest, like I was most of the time I was like maybe one of two or three women mm-hmm. in a room. And then I was always the youngest cause I was only like 22, 23 and I wasn't, I was the least educated cause a lot of these people had like their master's degree and I'd been working for like 30, 40 years. And it, it it's intimidating for me. It was super intimidating, but it was also very draining. And yeah, you're, you're absorbing that energy for hours and hours and hours and without sometimes without a break and not being able to go and ground yourself yeah totally and this is this is the thing that people in the corporate world don't actually realize what is happening you know it came up in a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago and we spoke about imagine how well the corporate world would do if they brought in things you know I know some companies have meditation or whatever but imagine if there was energy work going on in the background of the leaders who are coming in to this like environment day and daily with so many people you know around them and it's something that just isn't touched upon because it's such an old paradigm yeah I, I think um one of the companies that I not that I worked for but that we did like um business with now I can't even remember the name of it um they had like a meditation room and people could go in there during like whenever they wanted to and they would have like meditation teachers or whatever come in um and do classes like once or twice a week after after the work day and I just thought that was like the coolest thing to see because I was like I think that's a really beautiful integration of like 
I think if people want to have good experiences in the workplace, whether you're working from home or whether you're in an office, like I think being aware of like of the energy is so, so important. I, I, I wish that I would have been a little bit more mindful and I think I would have had a completely different experience working in corporate had I had some of the tools that I have now to really, again, ground myself. Yeah, and I think too, you would have probably protected yourself. You know, in hindsight, I would definitely have had less meetings in a day. I would have picked more carefully who I spoke to or whatever. But Mm -hmm. as you know, sometimes you would have sent an email or you would have had a conversation with somebody and it could have altered your mood very quickly. And that's just energy. That is just you absorbing. Like the other person may have brought, we may have brought ourselves down to the other person's vibration. And that's a big thing because, you know, we all hold a frequency, but imagine, you know, they come, they come into a room and you're in amazing mood and they don't come up to your vibration and then they get even more annoyed because you're so happy, <laughs> you know, and it's such a thing that we just, there's not space for it in the corporate world at the minute because there isn't the knowledge and there's also not the desire to learn it either. You know, it's almost <laughs> like education is the maximum woo-woo limit that these people will go to. Yeah. So my, so funny because I just was thinking of my boss that I had at my first job. He was the type of guy that, so we started at 7am, but if you got there at 6.50, you were late. <laughs> so he would literally be in my office at 6.50 a.m. every morning and he was like a football coach like he'd be like let's go like are you ready for the day and I'm like bro <laughs> I haven't even had my coffee yet like I'm not ready to go <laughs> please like I just I my probably my energy was like get this man out of my office <laughs> right now so I can completely understand that because yeah it's just and again you would think like being around someone who's so upbeat like would give you energy but like I'm just it's 6 50 a.m like there's no trying to get me excited or happy about the day <laughs> yeah and that's what I've discovered as well it's like it's almost like we all have our little zones where we can get more creative you know 6 50 in the morning I'm like yeah I'm, I'm like I'm probably on my second espresso at this stage and <laughs> You know, that's why I tend to work into the evenings because I find that's when I'm, I'm still awake. I've got more energy, you know, it works around my child, etc. And, you know, working from lunchtime until nine o'clock, I did not have that flexibility in the corporate world. You know, yes. I was on the road from 7.30 in the morning, half sleeping, driving an automatic car, just, you know, it's just like point and go. There's no, I, some days I don't even know how I got to the office. That's the honest truth. And that's dangerous, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just, you're not thinking of it. And I think it is super important too. Like I think with, you know, I think one of the benefits of the lockdowns and people being forced to work at home is hopefully that they're seeing like y- people have different times of day that produce per- productivity levels. Cause I'm kind of like you, I prefer slow mornings And I actually get more creative after dinner. So like any creative or design work that I have to do, I do in the evening because that's just when I'm like, I don't know, the world feels quieter. I feel calmer. Like I'm able to just like really access that part of me that's like creative. Um, But had I been in a corporate job, it's like you're going to have to force that creativity before lunch, after lunch, like at the end of the day. Um, And that might not be when you're the most productive. So I do really hope people have kind of, taken that away from working you know at home is like maybe you are more of a night owl than 
someone who needs to be forced to wake up at six or seven in the morning. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's a really important um, part of my mission for my business is that it's, it's, with, it's within my flow. So it's soul flow. So everything, you know, as opposed to me just putting strategies in left, right and center with the business, it has to run with me. So say, for example, it's podcast day, but I don't feel like doing my podcast. Well, I have to listen to that. You know, I have to know that that's being guided and that tomorrow or later on today is probably going to be a better time. So this is really important because this is where in the traditional world, we don't get that opportunity, you know, and I find if I listen to that, like something will drop in that has been really important that I haven't been able to see because I've been so in my, you know, my, my day, my to-do list. Yeah. Sometimes I I just have to throw it out the window. Okay. And just say, look, I'm, I'm here. I've shown up for work today. Show me what to do. And it runs so well. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so beautiful because, I think this ties back to what we were saying earlier in the conversation about story is um, and the beliefs that you hold, because I had a similar experience. I was telling you before we started recording, like I moved my podcast drops from Wednesday to Friday and I had this like whole shame and guilt thing that came up because I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I, you know, failing because I can't put out a podcast on Wednesdays anymore because my schedule's changed. And I had this whole conversation of like, what does this mean about me? Like, you know, am I just not great? And I'm like, wait a minute, like I get to make the rules here. Like that's one of the beautiful things about having your own business is like you get to work when you want to work. And of course there are things that sometimes you are held accountable to and you do have to show up for. But I think when it comes to situations like creative work or spiritual work, like sometimes there's just no, you can't put it in a container. No, you can't, you can't box it in, you know, and I've seen me close it up client calls and I could have something that I need to do, but I literally like close the laptop. My son is probably here. I'm just like, let's go for ice cream. Let's go for a walk. Let's do something. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you talked about the ebb and the flow. And that's how my day tends to go. So, you know, you making yourself wrong for changing your podcast now, it's almost like self-judging, you know, but I'm sure nobody else even, is anybody else even going to question it? It's like, we get caught up in these stories, but what if that's a better day for your listeners? Right. Which I don't, I don't know yet. Like we'll know with this podcast, if that's a better day, but yeah, exactly. I did have someone email me and was like, is there any podcast today? And I got a little triggered because I was like, like my, whenever I get triggered about something, my like right eye twitches. (laughs) Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, that was like my greatest fear of like switching the days was like, people were going to be disappointed in me that a podcast didn't come out. And I just was like, I took a beat and I was like, I get to control this. Like you're still, you know, you're the creator of whatever work you put out into the universe. So I was like, I'm, I'm just switching days. Like there'll be a new podcast on Friday. You know, and that was the end of it. But yeah, there's definitely, that's something I do hold is I do have a lot of self-judgment of, uh, I still think I hold on to that kind of corporate mindset of like, I have to get things done and it has to be done at this time. And I get like in that masculine energy where I am very like self-judgmental of, of the work that I produce. So it's really interesting how these little reminders come up for me especially like with moving the podcast date of like you gotta let it go like just you gotta let it go and let it flow (laughs) yeah that's and that's it I mean there's lessons in everything you know and you talk about self-judgment I spoke to the spoke to a client only an hour ago about this because you know working in the psychic world well first of all it was less than 100 years ago people were getting you know 
charged with all sorts of crimes because of it. And it's very, I'm going to say it's very controversial, but you know, for me coming from the corporate world, it was really difficult to step out and say the words, I am psychic or I am a psychic medium or I can do psychic readings. You know, I had so much self-judgment and I had to really jump through massive hoops to let go of it. And I'm sure anybody in the spiritual world has been through the same. And, you know, it sounds like you have as well, Brie. And it's really difficult. You know, we have to we have to literally undo all the beliefs that we have in our head about ourselves and we have to almost take on a brand new identity. Yes. Yeah. The, the identity part is a, is a big piece too of like, how do you want to show up? Like, how do you want your days? What do you want your days to look like? And what type of person do you need to be in order to make that possible? Um, and I think, yeah, the self-judgment and kind of that, like, again, that shame and that guilt in the stories, like, that will that will hold you back if you keep feeding into it. Yeah, because it is just a story. You know, it's it just is. Like, you know, and that's, that's what my business, Rewrite the Script, was started on. It was about rewriting the story because I had held myself in all these stories for years following a marriage breakup. And it was almost like, well, the only person that's holding me back right now is me you know, and all these old beliefs. So really like rewiring the beliefs and writing the story, you know, that came about from journaling. So I don't know if you journal, but I find it to be an amazing tool to actually like literally rewrite the story, get rid of the old stories. And, you know, what I do is literally write it as if it's just happened. You know, what do I want to happen? Well, this is what I want my outcome to be. So therefore that's what's unfolds in my day or my week or my month. And it's so beautiful. It's so easy to do. And I think too, one of the, I do journal. I don't journal as much as I should probably like two or three days. I like to journal at night. So two to three times a week at night, like I definitely journal. Um, But I think the interesting, the biggest thing for me, the biggest shifts are when I become aware of the story. Totally. Yeah. That's the starting point. Yeah. When then you're like, oh, this, this makes sense. <laughs> like, okay, now I see it. And then you can see how that story impacts every little part of your life. Like even just the smallest things, um, like switching a day of a podcast. It's like it, it, from probably six months ago, that would have been like a huge thing for me. Um, or like you were saying, like leaving a marriage or being a single mom or leaving a corporate job. Like, what is that? what does that say about me? Like what, how does that contribute to, to the story, the beliefs that I already have about myself? Yeah. I think that's where, you know, we're all guilty of labeling ourselves, you know, truthfully, I never wanted to be a single mom and whenever I was, I felt humiliated. I felt as if there was a stigma attached to it. And actually it was a lot of nonsense. You know, it was just, it was a failed marriage. That was the reality. It wasn't that I, you know, cause my little boy came along post-marriage and then pre-divorce So it was almost like I was caught in this trap of telling lies to myself, thinking that people were judging me. And maybe they were, but maybe they weren't, you know, but I was certainly judging myself. So in order to, you know, be able to move on, you have to be okay with where you're at because you're at that place for a reason. And if you've labeled yourself well, you can relabel yourself. You know, we can come up with a new title for it, whatever way we want to phrase it. And people sometimes need that awareness pointed out to them by friends or by colleagues or you know by somebody else in their life in order to start to make the shifts that they need to absolutely and I think too you hit on a good point there about the the judgment of like the fear of people 
saying things about you and what that would mean. And I've really come to understand that of like, that's just like this, I call it like an inner mean girl. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, like Mean Girls with like Regina George. With like yeah. um, so I kind of like think that's, like I think of my inner Regina George kind of saying all of these judgmental things about me um, in the form of like people that are in my lives that I feel judged by. Um, but they're not real judgments. Like if someone's judging you, like more than likely you don't know it. Yeah, but also if somebody's judging us, it starts with us. So, you know, mm -hmm. if I was to make myself wrong for, for doing something, the chances are that people in the outer world will then reflect that back to me. So this is where it's really good just to clean up the intentions before you do anything. So for example, your podcast day, it would be a case of saying, okay, I refuse to make myself wrong for changing dates. You know, I'm changing dates because it suits me better. It's a good move. People will love it. And then you probably find there's no judgment. Nothing gets reflected back to you because it's such a clean energy whenever you do change it. That's a really good point. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, work, it works for any situation. You know, I used to use it before I sent emails in the corporate job. I use it before all live streams. I use it before all podcasts. Um, I set some really clear intentions with my clients when I bring them on for guidance sessions as well because a lot of people don't. And can you imagine what happens whenever there's two energies in the room? You know, the reading can go any way if there's no clear intention or no clear outcome that, you know, you, you want for your client. So it's really important. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Setting, setting the intentions, I think, is really important. I, I don't think I do that enough, <laughs> to be honest. I definitely really need to, to, to kind of clear that space and really make it make the intention known because sometimes I get so stuck in like the doing of that of day-to-day -day things that I don't um I don't like clear that that path I guess would be a, like the way that I would maybe describe it yeah it's super powerful because what you're doing is you're tapping into the force of the universe to actually help you on your on your path of the doing so the doing and the how tends to appear more natural and actually the conversation could end up on a different route from what you've planned because you've allowed for that little bit of space to come in and then everybody gets the outcomes and then the knock-on effect on your business and momentum is just amazing. Yeah, well, kind of like this podcast, like I was messaging you before and I was like, what do you want to talk about? Like, is there anything on, on your, you know, heart or anything that you want to say? And you're like, I didn't prepare anything. Like, let's just go with the flow. <laughs> and I think this has been such a beautiful conversation. Like, of, of, of truly like ebb and flow because yeah, it, it, we didn't, we set an intention to have a good podcast, but we kind of let the like very minute details go. Yeah. And I think it's so important to do that. You know, I'm so used to live streaming where I channel, which is where spirit talk through me. And, you know, I have to go onto those, like my podcast or my live streams and really let the message come through. And otherwise I don't drop into it. You know, I hold back. And then people don't feel me, they don't feel your energy. So, you know, the fact that we've been able to just come on today and chat freely means that there's probably people listening who are going to take nuggets of information from, you know, different conversations that we've had here today. Yeah, I hope, I mean, that's always my intent. Like, I love to have just free flowing conversations because I feel like, I'm sure even you have friends like this too, where you just have these amazing conversations and you're like, man, if someone else was listening in on this, like <laughs> they would <laughs> take so much away from, from what we're talking about. Yeah, that's so true. I often think if somebody was like listening to 
you know, my client calls, they would just think, what planet are these people on? You know, so much comes up that you don't even, you don't even know what's going to come up because we've allowed space for it to appear, which is beautiful. Yeah. So the, the, um, lives that I've been on and I'm not, I mean, I, I definitely believe in spiritual stuff for sure. Like a hundred percent, but I don't know like the specific tools that you use. I remember seeing like a little pendulum thing. What is that? What is that specifically called? Um, that is a pendulum. You're correct. So it's just okay. a little, <laughs> it's rose quartz crystal I use on a chain. And basically it just, it, it gives me a yes or no, but otherwise I receive the information myself. You know what? It, it literally, I'm going to say it arrives into my head. It comes through your crown chakra, your third eye. So it's a feeling or it's a knowing, or it's just words that I receive. And the pendulum is really validation. Um, but I had a really funny incident a couple of weeks ago where I was hosting a guidance session for a group and the pendulum just broke. <gasps> totally, It totally snapped. There was no way to repair it, solder it, anything. And I just laughed and I was like, well, obviously I'm not supposed to use it because it's almost like a little child that has a comfort blanket. Well, my pendulum is my little comfort blanket, but I can also channel an answer and I, I know the answers without using it. So it was really funny that they took it off me. It was just like, no, no, she's done. Take it off. Yeah. Her. Like you knew that you were going to, you knew the answers already. Yeah. And I think we all kind of, I, just to circle back to the corporate jobs, like, again, I think we always know the answers. We just don't listen. <laughs> like we yeah. always, we always know. And I love that your, your mission or some part of your purpose is to help women see that they already have the answers too, that they already have this like deep knowing or understanding of the direction that they, that they need to go in or want to go in. But it's just about removing like all of that clutter and dust and garbage so that they and stories and and negative core beliefs like moving all of that out so that that like really beautiful version of themselves can emerge yeah and I suppose you know at the start of our lives we always have this pure energy and you know our psychic gifts are very open whenever we're born it's just so it's almost like the first step and it is so powerful because a lot of leaders are very intuitive you know, but they've developed that sense by making decisions and taking action and trusting it. But the people who don't trust their intuition don't take the action. So therefore they don't see the benefits of the mm. guidance. You know, they stay where they are or they go backwards. And the more you can trust, the more the universe will actually show you. You know, if I had to, if I had to give you a real life example, I didn't know I could read cards for people until I put the first client in front of me. Wow. And and then the gifts opened up because they won't show you what it looks like until you make the first move. It's almost like this game of chess. Yeah, and trusting, I mm -hmm. think, too. Like, you have to just trust. Yeah, you have to trust. And then even what they're going to show you could actually come back in from a different source. You know, it may not be from that person. It could be that all of a sudden there's 10 clients need cards read or your business starts to unfold in a different direction but because you trusted, they're now going to show you the next piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of, I was really stressing about some clients and one of my clients like hasn't like paid me super late. And I was like, so stressed about that. And literally this morning when I woke up, I was like, 
I'm done stressing about it. Like I said to myself, I was like, we're done with that. Like it will happen when it's supposed to happen. And I just completely like surrendered and just like trusted that like everything was going to work out the way that it needed to. And then within like an hour, she paid me because I just, I think I just like opened that up where I was like, and again, I mean, she lives thousands of miles away from me. So it's not like she's my next door neighbor and I can go (laughs) knock on her door. But so I just think again, like that energy, like energetically, like I just opened up to receive and to be Mm -hmm. like, all right, like universe, it's in your hands. Like I'm surrendering it to you. What needs to happen will happen. Exactly. And you did the right thing because that's whenever we're in in that space of lack or she hasn't paid me or she's not going to pay me or you're in the stress of it the money can't arrive. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. And then once you release it, it's like, okay, it's coming, it's going to arrive. And you've just got this like a hundred percent confidence that it's going to work out. And that is, I mean, that is the biggest test of, you know, spiritual beliefs that hold faith, you know, that space between asking for something and then expecting it and then waiting. And then if you're still waiting, it tends to delay it. So it's just about really getting all my life and letting go of it and letting it come in. Yeah, that's my biggest lesson. I think this year in 2021 is like just surrender and let go and let things, let yourself receive, I think is, is the message um, I'm really getting <laughs> with, my, with my little wonky intuitive thing that I'm feeling right now. That's, that's what, I'm, what I'm really feeling. Um, so before, cause I, before we wrap up, I want to talk about meditation a little bit. And I know you have a really cool meditation opportunity coming up. So why don't you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. So meditation was really the start of my spiritual awakening and it's been a really powerful tool for me over the years. I'm pretty much self-taught. I do try and meditate every single day, at least once, sometimes twice. And there seems to be this pattern in all of my programs for ladies that I take them through some really deep activating meditations, which basically helps clear the channels and helps them start to receive really, really quickly. Um, I've, I mean, I've been blown away by some of the results that they've had. And obviously they all come in at different levels. So I created a beautiful five-day series. We start next Monday, April the 12th, and it's all pre-recorded. So what happens is they come into a private Facebook group. They'll have a quick introductory video on, you know, how, how to meditate which is very funny because there's actually no right or wrong way to do it. And then from Monday to Friday, they get a new video every day, which is going to be this activation meditation with a different subject each day. So super powerful, really easy for them to come in and out of. And yeah, I mean, people were signing up before I could even get it on my Instagram stories last night. It was gorgeous. (laughs) And you're going to, are you going to send me a link that I can put in the episode description or how so it's a a Facebook group it's in the Facebook group so I'll send you the link to the Facebook group and then if people pop in there they'll see it at the top it's pinned to the announcements and then they can just DM there's a couple of different price options so they can get five-day access they can get access for 90 days or they can add on a ticket for something I do called champion Friday, which is like group guidance so you know a lot of my work is quite fun and quite light-hearted because I'm trying to normalize and put it into words that people understand. So yeah, Champagne Fridays is like one of our things. Yeah, and Louise is great live. Like I love, even if I don't have a question, like I love listening to what like other people's questions are and just like how you answer. 
Um, cause it is in a way that's like not, it's, it's spiritual and obviously like woo woo, but it's not to the point where you're just like, I can't connect with this message. <laughs> so I really yeah. love her, um, lives that she does. And yeah, I would definitely recommend. Thank you so much. Yes. I love live streaming. It's almost like they take over me and I just turn into this entertainer, but the messages get really direct as well and detailed, which is interesting because not a lot of mediums deliver in detail on a live stream, but yeah, it can be quite funny at times. So people do stay on just to get a bit of a giggle. Yeah. Well, I think it's honestly like even just doing lives in general is talent because I don't, the few lives that I've done, I get so flustered when I start seeing like people messaging or commenting. Cause I'm like, I have a message in my head <laughs> and then I like see people questioning and I'm like, wait, like I can't do that. Like quick context switching. So like you do an amazing job. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I just turn up and wing it. Like my whole business, there's there's no real plan. It's very much it is like soul led. But as I say to everybody, I just turn up and wing it. And sometimes I do have a framework in my head, but you know it it is difficult. You can get thrown off by people's comments. So you know if you're in that frame of mind, you can switch them off. But to be honest, it just takes practice. You know, I've worked through the fear. I've worked through the hot sweats. I've worked through the you know seeing my. <laughs> seeing my neighbor come on seeing an ex-boyfriend come on um I've worked through all of that you know I've nearly fallen off my perch about 10 times and I still kept going yeah that's so funny you brought up the hot sweats because that's (laughs) that's so that's so something I have I'm like oh my gosh I'm like sweating (laughs) yeah um well thank you so much for chatting with me today I know this will be helpful for so many people and I will include all of Louise's links down in the episode description so you can find her on Instagram and Facebook and hopefully hop on that meditation that she's doing um in her Facebook group and yeah is there anything else you want to say before I end end this no but thank you so much for having me it's been super fun